Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. I'm Dusty Slay. I'm your host, and I'm here with my wife and co-host, Hannah Slay. How you doing, Dusty? I'm doing great. We're doing a morning time podcast. We were going to do another late night podcast, but late night, I mean 8.30, but I put Daisy to bed and I was, I fell asleep a couple of times trying to put her to bed and I was so tired. I was like, I can't do it. So we thought, Hey, Sam will nap in the morning and we'll put Daisy in front of a little Peppa Pig and we'll knock out a podcast. Mm -hmm. It's a rainy day. She can't go outside anyway. So let's do it. And I feel good. I'm back. I've been absent. Uh, We didn't do a podcast here last week. I missed two weeks of Nate land. Um, but I'm back. I've not been that sick. You would think of all the podcasts I've missed that I've been that sick, but I got sick and mainly it felt like it was sinuses, but you know, I I got on a Tuesday night, me and Hannah were doing a, a sauna and I started to feel a little, um, like nasal loosening. Right. And I was like, I was like, oh, no, am I getting sick? But I thought, you know what? I'm in the sauna. Maybe it's just loosening up some stuff. So I went to bed. I woke up on Wednesday, and I I felt really sick in my sinuses. And I was like, no, I'll be fine tomorrow. I kept thinking I'll be fine tomorrow. I had to fly to Spokane, Washington the next day. And I was like, I'll be fine. But as the day went on, I started to get worse. I started to get a headache and I thought, you know what? I don't want to fly all the way across the country and get worse. So I thought, well, let's see if I can cancel Thursday and then still do Friday and Saturday. But Thursday, I was worse. So I was like, well, we just got to cancel the whole thing now. And then Friday, I was worse than that. Saturday started to get better. By Saturday, I was starting to like, all right, I'm going to feel better. Sunday, I was, I, was, I was feeling good. Monday was Nate Land recording time. And I was like, I just kind of reached out to them. And I'm like, well, I've been sick. But I don't know if you guys want me to sit in a room with you for two hours face to face. And um, everybody was kind of like, well, if you feel sick at all, maybe don't come. And I was okay with it. But then they, and then the next day I had to go, uh, I had a gig I had to do. And that's when they recorded the episode with Mike Vecchione. So it wasn't as if I missed so many weeks in a row. It just, it just panned out that way. I'm sure they miss you. Well, Aaron on the Mike Vecchione episode, I was just reading some comments last night, made a comment at the beginning that, that they had cut ties with me and that <laughs> uh, Aaron was no longer my friend and had deleted my number from his phone. Okay. And he did say that he was joking, but I was reading the comments and people were sad about it. Yeah. And I got to be honest, made me feel good. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so I did last week though, um, on that Tuesday where they filmed the Mike Vecchione episode, I flew to Charlotte, North Carolina to do a private gig for Dale Earnhardt Jr. Oh, look at you. Which was very exciting. Dale Earnhardt Jr., they they picked me up. His assistant picked me up from the airport and drove me to Dale Jr.'s lake house on Lake Norman. And that's where I stayed. Um, 
and just it was just a big uh you know empty house right on the lake it it was really great but i was only there one day so it's not like i really got to do anything so i just got to kind of hang out and then they took me to his land where he has built this old wild west town where they have a saloon and a hotel and a and a jail and a a church and then i performed on a stage uh, outside now he said dale jr told me that that's where he used to party back in the day when he was really partying he built that just so he could party that's wild yeah so he would bring you know a bunch of people out there and they would just party and then they had the hotel set up which is you know not really a hotel but it's got you know it's a building with like three rooms in it and a bunch of bunk beds so if people got too drunk and couldn't drive home they could pass out there I love that he just built a city for him to personally tear up and party. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But now he's married and he has kids. So he says, now uh, this place has really changed and we've turned it into, um, he was telling me about some of the names on some of the buildings. He, he has named the built two of the buildings after his daughters. Aww. But before he was telling me about some of the like dirty names that he had for the buildings. Um, pretty inappropriate stuff. Dang. You know, just being, I mean, you know, you're the, you're the son of Dale Earnhardt, you know, it's like, know. well, you know, the guy's going to get wild. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, had his dad not died, probably would have gone down as the greatest NASCAR driver ever. I, that's my belief. I don't know. Maybe some people believe he is already, but I think Richard Petty still has more championships than Dale Earnhardt. But only because Dale Earnhardt was cut short, my belief. What makes a good driver? Like just that you're winning the races, but what, what makes you win the races? I don't really know the answer to that. But there are people that seem to be really good at it and other people that are not good at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, I don't remember exactly. It's been so long since I actually followed NASCAR. But let's say, I believe there's 30 cars around about in every race and you're only hearing about 10 of them you know i mean 15 max i mean when when i was really into racing i mean i could name you about everybody out there but there was still a handful that you never knew and it's all about the driver not about you know the car well, to some degree, but it's like, I, and I don't know what's going on with NASCAR these days. It's a different game out there now, but you know, it's like, um, Alan Kowicki, who was my mom's favorite NASCAR driver, drove the Hooters car, right? So, you know, you almost want to support the sponsor Hooters. And then he drove a Ford Thunderbird. So my mom bought a Ford Thunderbird Aww. and that's what she drove. And my uncle was into Bill Elliott. Bill Elliott drove Fords. So my uncle would only buy Fords. And then I don't remember. I think Dale Earnhardt was Chevy. And I don't know. I could be wrong. And I'm sure people will be upset with me if I am wrong. But so whoever supported him would 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 drive Chevys. And there were some Pontiacs out there. So if your NASCAR driver drove a certain car, that's the car you wanted to drive. And if you're a sponsor, you want to get connected to one of those good drivers. Yes, exactly. Heck yeah. So it's America. Yeah. So it's fun. And it was great to meet Dale Jr. I mean, like I say, I don't follow NASCAR at all anymore. I mainly followed it when I was a kid. I mean, I've been to 
Talladega several times. I've been to Atlanta Motor Speedway a couple of times. I did the race at Bristol with Spectracide. Selling the pest the company that I sold pesticides for. I they took us to Bristol one year to, you know, kind of push Spectracide. We were out there the day before. They have a big kind of festival and we were out there passing out mosquito wipes, talking to people about Spectracide. And they let us get up and, and wave the flag for some NASCAR drivers for the qualifying lap. So I waved the flag for Carl Edwards as he qualified. And I believe he won the race that day. Now, were you drinking during this time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you were fired up there. Yeah, I mean, you know, we couldn't drink. You know, I couldn't drink while I was waving the flag um, or nothing like that. But, um, you know, we, we camped. So... Spectracide sent us there, but wouldn't get us any hotels. What does it so, look like? So we camped out in tents. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, because out on the field, I mean, there's people with RVs and tents. I mean, it's a big deal. And we had a campfire, and we just roasted out. RV and t- So they spend the night? Oh, yeah. People will spend the weekend out there. Okay. It's a big event. I mean, that's why my mom and Gerald and Jennifer bought an RV, was to go to the races. Heck, Yeah. So then, uh, what does it look like? What what kind of folk do these races attract? Like, are we talking real redneckery, or we're we talking top shelf redneckery? Well, I don't. Again, I don't know now. I mean, any of my experiences ten years ago and or more. Um, but I mean, when I was there at Talladega as a kid, I mean, it was straight up, as you say, redneckery. Yeah. I mean, straight up. I mean. You could bring your own beer, right? So everybody brings coolers to the race and they're just drinking. I mean, I got pictures. I mean, people just got their shirts off. They all wear hats like me and they just got their shirts off. They got tank tops on. They're yelling. I mean, when the when the cars go by at Talladega, you know, they'll go to one side of the track and you can't even really see what's going on. And then you're sitting there and then here comes these cars. I mean, it's so loud you can't hear yourself think when they come by, but they come zooming by and people are yelling and screaming and it is unreal. And then at the end of the race, when everybody's leaving, they're all pouring out their coolers. I mean, there's a river of water uh, where everybody is pouring out their coolers, emptying them out. Yeah. And there's children there? Uh, I mean, I was a child. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You were raised on the racetrack. Yeah. That's beautiful. I've never been. I've only heard about it. I mean, Bristol, we should try to go to a Bristol race. I mean, because the thing I liked about it is it's like a, a much smaller track. So it's like a bowl and... You can see the entire uh, race the whole time. Well, heck, we drive through Talladega every time we go down south. I know. And we drive by. All I know about Talladega is a school for the blind. Yeah. That's I think there's a it. school for the deaf there, too. Maybe that's maybe that's what I'm thinking I of. I think there's a bit of both there. School of deaf and blind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe they're dang deaf because of the races. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> seems like maybe a lot of pregnant women going and (laughs) ruining their kids ears in the womb yeah yeah but maybe hey maybe the races are good for deaf kids because they could just feel that vibration well you could you feel that rumble in in bristol you have to basically wear headphones or earplugs because the whole you can't hear it all you can't talk to each other these cities though bristol i'm familiar with talladega i'm somewhat familiar with they don't look good otherwise though Talladega's all right. 
It's all right. They ain't got a lot going on, no, but they it's don't all got right. A lot going on. I'm not. I'm not trying to disparage it. And I don't but know it, Bristol it doesn't that look well. Like you know, industry is pouring in there, building it up, gentrifying it. Well, that could know. be true. And I don't know that much about Bristol, but it's very close to Johnson City. And Johnson City's all right. They got a pretty good downtown. Well, all right. Well, I guess well, I need to revisit of, these towns. You know, I think a lot of our problem. We're snobs. No, no, no. We've gone to Johnson City or Bristol to do comedy zone gigs. Yeah. So you just see like the worst like comedy clubs. Yeah. And then like the cool people of the town don't even know about those clubs. Yeah. It's just like, you know, like the Tulsa Looney Bin, for example. And I'm not trashing them. They're under new management now. They reached out to me. Uh, I'm probably not going to do it. Uh, but just because I'm already tied in with another chain of clubs now. Um but the, um, you know, when I would go, when we did the Sound Pony in Tulsa, you remember that? Oh, yeah. I did the Sound Pony first before me and you did it. But all of these super cool people of Tulsa was at this show, right? And then I was so pumped. And so later I did the Tulsa Looney Bin. I reached out to a lot of those people. None of them came. Um, and then later I did another gig in downtown Tulsa. At, at a place called like the Blue Note or something like that, a jazz club, and they came. Mm. It's like, it's because these loony bins and comedy zones are often in the kind of uncool parts of town. Yeah. And people aren't interested in it. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I think, but when I did a show, I did a show with my friend Clint Knorr, my late friend Clint in Johnson City one time, downtown, a real devilish kind of bar, which I wasn't a fan of, but it was cool. It was hip. People were there and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's the thing about those hipster bars. They may be evil, but they got a vibe. Yeah, they love the devilish stuff. Yeah. I can't get it. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's edgy. It's saying, I don't even care. You know, the funny thing about it is when, when there's a, when musicians and stuff, they'll do these real witchcrafty things or devilish things. And you say, Hey, that's evil. And people go, it's just art. It's just art, but it's always that art. It's always, uh, I'm like the devil. I'm a witch. It's never, you know, it's never any other kind of art. The art is always evil. Look at all these people. Um, they all go to the dark side. It's all about, you come in, look at Billie Eilish. I, I never followed her, uh, but you, you see early pictures of her and she just looks like a, you know, like a, a fun, happy. And then next thing you know, she's got blood coming out of her eyes. Yeah. Yeah, all the pop stars go through this kind of satanic yeah. phase or maybe we, we might call it uh uh when you get initiated um so if it's not satanic though they sure play in the role yeah they're sure looking satanic yeah 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 that's like people will say the church of satan they'll go it's it's not about worshiping satan and it's like well you should change the name yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah they're like satanism it's not about satan it's just about doing whatever you want and i'm like well you should think about uh, distancing yourself from the name. Right. But they don't believe in really any kind of deity, I don't think. So they don't. So it's just all. Yeah. They're lost. Yeah. They need to listen to our podcast and find the light. They do. They do indeed. <laughs> but it's been fun. So and then last week I went out to um, um, uh, Appleton, Wisconsin to Skyline Comedy Club. 
And it was great. I'd never been to Appleton. Nice town, nice people, very fun. Lots of listeners of the Nateland podcast and our own personal podcast. Um, there at the show, very nice people. I loved it. I was happy to go. I love Wisconsin. I do too. It's got a real Canadian vibe. Yeah. It's very rural. Even if you're in a city, it still feels rural. And uh, I like a Wisconsin energy. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great places. I mean, we've been to Milwaukee a bunch to do comedy. We've been to uh, Madison. The Barn. The Barn. Yeah. The Enchanted Barn. I love that that place. That that was a lot of fun. We did uh, several gigs. I've done so many gigs, uh, small town gigs in Wisconsin. I do. I think it's a great state too. I like it. That's where we first uh, got to have some one-on-one time with the Amish people. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Lauren, uh, Lauren from um, the, the Enchanted Barn. Barn took us out to meet some Amish. Yeah, they, I don't know if they wanted us in their house, but we were there. We did get to kind of come in the doorway and just peep at them. <laughs> Yeah, we I peeped mean, at them and they they're like, we're making lunch. Get out of here. They didn't say come on in, but we did get to take a yeah. look. Yeah, yeah. And we got to see some Amish guys building some stuff and working. That's where we first got exposed to Amish cabins. Yeah. And the Amish are jacked. They are. They, they got nice looking arms. I'll tell you that. Their arms much. are jacked. Their that's arms for sure. are jacked. I don't know. Their teeth are not anything their to write home about. Too, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> their teeth are jacked too. Their teeth are jacked too. Their teeth are jacked. Yeah. But, but the, yeah. But there are, I mean, they were like, those dudes were like solid. They were strapping young men. Yeah. Yeah. And it looked like they weren't sure, you know, what to do with a woman that's not dressed in 1800s clothing. Yeah. And I'm, uh, but it was winter time, so we were we were heavily covered. Yeah. We bought a pie. Yeah, we did buy a pie. Mm-hmm. We bought a couple of things up there. Yeah. We bought a little jewelry box made out of a log. <laughs> yeah, I still have that. Yeah, it's been shuffled around now. It's yeah, it's out it, there. It don't get used a lot. Nice. But it's, we have it, though. Yeah. I think it's in the garage now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a big old log, but the, the drawers themselves are not very big, so yeah. there's not really much I can put in it. It's an impulse buy. Yeah. You see it there, you go, this is fun. Because you're not going to find it anywhere else. That's true. Except but then for maybe you, another Amish enclave. But Yeah. I got to take you around to the McMinnville Amish I area. I know you do. And I've been asking for it. Yeah. Yeah, you've been denying me. We never have the time. Well, we never have the time to check out an Amish community. What, what do you have time for at all? Well, that's when we're on the road. You know, we were on the road just with time to kill. Remember you were saying we never have time to go check out a lawnmower either? And we finally did that in McMinnville. Yeah, we did. There's a Kubota dealership down there, and uh, I always wanted to go in. Finally did. Just to ask a guy a few questions and not buy anything. Well, uh, these salesmen out here these days, Mm. they won't. All I want is to go in and go, hey, I want to ask a couple of questions about these, and you tell me some prices. That's what I'm looking for. I'm interested in buying. Just give me these details. And this guy was trying to tell me about a lawnmower that he knew that a guy was trying to trade in and wanted to get rid of. And I'm like, this is not what I'm asking for. I'm not asking for a used lawnmower. I've come to your dealership (laughs) to get some prices on a new lawnmower. And they're always trying to sell you something you're not asking for. Yeah. I mean, these salesmen out here. uh, Well, you don't look like someone that's about to buy something. I guess not. They should, you know, and they they should, you know, shake themselves a bit because you are someone that's about to buy something. But I like that. I like looking like I'm not about to buy something. Yeah. 
That's I, a lot of fun. I me. like looking like that too. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, Appleton, Wisconsin, such a nice town. The club was great. You know, I tried to, Skyline is now owned by a company called Bark Entertainment. And apparently they own uh, a club in Fort Wayne, Indiana called, um, well, I don't know what it's called now. But it used to be where the club Snickers was at. And I did Snickers one time. Uh, Snickers is where I wrote the joke, uh, where the girl says, I'm busy. You know that joke? where yep. I, that's, that's where that joke came from with Snickers. Um, and I remember doing that club, me and this guy, uh, Dobie Maxwell. I was featuring for Dobie Maxwell. He was very funny. Um, and the shows were pretty packed. We had great shows. We were crushing it. And then we get off and me and him are over there. I don't know if he was selling anything, but I just had CDs and we were just posted up and these people left this club. I don't even know if anyone made eye contact with us. We watched everyone from the club leave, not even look at us. And I'm like, these were good shows, guys. We had a good time here. What's your problem? Um, what, yeah, what was their problem? What I was? don't know. That's strange. It was so strange. Yeah. Um, okay. But that they own that club now, and I hear, I'm sure it's better. Um, they own Spokane Comedy Club, which I didn't get to do because I was sick, but it's been rescheduled for January, early January, first week of January. So I will be back. Uh, and then I did Tacoma Comedy Club, which they run, and now they own Brick City Comedy Club in Oklahoma City. And Brick City in Brick City Two or something like that in Tulsa, um, which I will be doing Oklahoma City soon, and I will be doing Tulsa next year probably. Living on Tulsa time, yeah, old Don Williams classic, yeah. So, um, so I like them, but but the Skyline Comedy Club used to be owned by someone else, and he also owned a club in Milwaukee called the Comedy Cafe. And I auditioned to do the Comedy Cafe. I was going to do uh, a different club in Milwaukee that weekend, a club called Jokers. It was a comedy zone gig. And so I went up to Milwaukee a day early, booked my own hotel to do the Comedy Cafe, a guest spot on a show on a Thursday night. It was um, Charlotte Comic. I can't think of his name. Charlotte Comic. He was Clint's roommate. Um, but I can't think of his name. doesn't matter. I want to think of it though. Anyway, but I'm doing a guest spot. So we show up and there's four people in the audience. There's a table of four women. That's all that's in there. The host goes up, doesn't make those women laugh at all. And then I go up to do my five minutes. I don't make those women laugh at all. The feature goes up about halfway through his set. They start laughing a little bit. Um, and so I go to the guy that owns the club after and I'm just like, hey, you know, I'd still like to get booked at your club, but I could see why you wouldn't want to book. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he never did. Yeah. So but now I've finally done it. That's the great thing. Clubs that I couldn't even get in to feature. I'm now headlining. And it's a beautiful thing. I can see with your act, especially back then, if you don't get them laughing, it's very confusing what you're up there doing and talking about. 
Yeah. Because you just got this monotone, slightly fidgety, you know, blue collar looking vibe. And it's like, this guy's just telling me about pesticides up here or what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's you uh, need that connection. It's looking like Larry the Cable Guy coming out like Stephen Wright and not a good Stephen Wright. Yeah, is it especially painful when you bomb in front of women? Like, is there something in you where it's like, oh, I'm now being rejected by women? No, oh no. I I just was like, it was especially painful because I just paid for a hotel that was probably the hotel probably cost me. Uh, about half the money I was about to make at the weekend I was about to go. I mean, I was making 270 to feature at uh, Joker's and I probably spent a hundred bucks or more on a hotel to do this guest spot. Yeah. So it's painful going, well, I'm not going to get booked because I had a pretty good success rate. If a club let me do a guest spot, I normally would get booked. Yeah. But this was a real fail. Yeah. But it's not my fault. I mean, now I could make those four women laugh, but now I don't need to do a guest spot to get booked. Yeah. You know. What would you do differently now? Well, I would just, if they didn't laugh at my first joke, I would just address the fact that they didn't laugh. I would make fun of myself a bit and then probably try to engage with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds like the way to go. Yeah. And then do another joke. Mm-hmm. And then run the light. Yeah. And then and, burn the whole thing down. Yeah. yeah. You don't like me? <laughs> Screw you, yeah. jokers. Yeah. I'll get the last laugh here. Yeah. I feel like, you know, and no slight to the people that was on the show, but I feel my, my career is going better than everyone that was on that show now. Yeah. So I feel good. It's a bit of a slight, I think. Is it? That's a little bit of a dig. Well, I, I, yeah, I couldn't think of their names, yeah. so it doesn't matter. Yeah, but even I, more I, of a dig, really. Uh, but I just, you know, I went to... <laughs> These nameless idiots who've gone nowhere well, no, in life. No, well, no, it's like we all went out and got food after. And I just, I've kind of felt like with them, I just kind of felt like such a loser comic because yeah. they were all actually a part of the show and I'm there trying to get booked by the club and, and did not do it yeah. and did not make anyone laugh. And I feel like a bit of a loser out there. Yeah. So I'm just saying now it's gone. It's going better. There's a lot of times one can feel like a loser <laughs> when you're doing comedy. Yeah. Like every time you bomb, first of all. <laughs> yeah. And then especially every time you bomb and then have to go uh, hang out with other comics that maybe didn't bomb. Yeah, because, you know, if they didn't bomb and you did, you can't blame the audience. Yeah. You can't be like, oh, what an audience. And yeah. I, huh? And you can't be like, hey, why don't you come check me out in Nashville next week? You'll see me crush. Yeah. I mean, you can, but it still looks bad that you're yeah. saying it. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's tough out here. Yeah. But not anymore. You don't bomb anymore, do you? I don't bomb. When was I'm, the last time you had a pretty crappy set? I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, some of the last corporate gigs I've done are, are can be like that. I mean, not the Dale Jr. one. That was a very good show. But, you know, I did one in... Um, uh, uh, what was that beach... Uh, near Mobile, not Dolphin Island, but near, near Mobile that I did a gig at recently. It was for Nextel. Not Nextel. Um, whatever that walkie-talkie phone my dad used to have was. I forget. But they, they hired me to do a private gig down there. And it just, 
it did not go well. Yeah. I mean, I was fine with it. I still hung out after the show. Yeah. Just hung out around them. Not a lot of people talked to me, but I was just still hanging out. You were out. just in there. You were in the corner eating cheese. Yeah, because I'm like, you know, I'm still trying to talk to the people that hired me. Yeah. You know, to show some appreciation. They uh, don't care. They, they just want that tax write-off. Probably. But it just was like, you know, but those kind of gigs, I can't think of an actual stand-up gig that's gone bad. But sometimes the corporate gigs, it's just like, you know, they work, these people work for a company. And uh, I'll say one of the one of the most painful ones to me personally was I did one in Nashville not long ago during the day. And the guy that hired me came to see me in Portland, Oregon at um, Helium. And I just murdered the show he was at. I mean, it was unbelievable. Helium is such a great club in Portland. It was so great. I mean, the, the, the crowds were hot and I was just crushing. And I was practicing all my jokes that I would eventually do on the special. And it was just crushing. Uh, and... Um, the um and then he was so he he had already hired me but he came to see me because i was where he lived so he was so excited about what i was about to do for his corporate gig and then i'm just like i'm trying to tell him i'm like it ain't gonna be the same like i'm gonna do i'm gonna do my thing but it ain't gonna be the same we're at noon at a business meeting uh for a bunch of people that have never heard of me probably and they're being forced to be here. Yeah. They didn't buy tickets on their own volition. And it did not go that great. Yeah. I remember you. I think you talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, he was so excited. And I was real, like people back, backstage, like kind of in the green room, there were other people. They were giving me their cards, you know, like everybody. And I'm just like, after the show, it's like, uh, there's Man, nobody no, around. No. <laughs> they're like, got, can I get that card back from you? <laughs> yeah. Don't contact me. <laughs> I'm not following you back, dude. I might just go ahead and mute you. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. But. You bomb out in public a lot. Like out, yeah. out in the small talk world. Yeah. Yeah. You're not doing good out here. Nah, but people. They're, they're just not, not ready. ready. For you. Nah. They're not. It's hard being us. I mean, I know I don't consider myself a comedian anymore, but I definitely still have that thing where. If I am talking to someone, I do kind of want to be funny. Yeah. And it's it don't go well. Then no one's nah. ready for it. You got to be real folksy and hammy. And it's like and it, and then they don't they don't know what to do with actual wit usually. Yeah, because if you're a comic, I mean, you're focusing on being funny all the time. You're yeah. really trying so you I think your comedy your comedy elevates in a way that you know, on a stage is perfect. That's what people want. They want elevated comedy. They want some well thought out stuff, but just on the street, they're not ready for it. Yeah. Most people are not ready for it. Yeah. No, they're not ready. Where and were we recently? We were trying to, trying to do jokes. I don't even know. I don't know. Everywhere I go. Everywhere you go. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me because I see you starting to talk and I'm like, all right, you now you're trying to be funny with them, but they're just, they hate their life and they hate their job. Yeah. The hospital, uh, having the baby, that nurse that we had, that yeah. was, that was one of the most, I think she was depressed. Notable I don't times. think her mental health was good. No, she, yeah, because it's like, I don't know. I, 
you know, you're having a rough day, that's fine. But I just got to think, if you're working a job like that and you yeah. come in and here's two people that are being cool and chill, they're not demanding a lot of things from you. Yeah, and I gave her a real show. I gave her a natural birth. Yeah. I mean, dang, if that doesn't spike your day a bit. And you just, you know, we're just asking some questions and being a little funny, but not not, not dad jokey. I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, making jokes like my dad would. My dad would tell her she was real attractive and, you know, and, and I mean, or she was unattractive. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she wasn't particularly attractive. She was but, regular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean? Maybe that's her problem. She's just like, I'm just regular. I'm just yeah, but, regular thoughts, regular looks, regular jobs, maybe, regular but, breaths. Uh, but she was regular attractive. She yeah. wasn't like an unattractive No, she person. was regular attractive. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing fine. Yeah, she is doing fine. She's got a good job. I'd like to seek her out and pick her brain a bit and say, hey, what happened back then on June 19th? Yeah. What were you going through? Yeah, June 18th really was when it was going down. No, it was June 19th. We, we had the baby the same day? Yes. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Glad to see you were participating in a uh, conscious way. Well, I was eating some popcorn. Yeah, you were having a ball. Yeah, so so that's what we've been up to. It's been great. We're thinking about going out to the cabin today, but it's raining. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know if we'll do it. Well, we've had some uh, real <laughs> scientific experiments happening here at our house. Oh, yeah. Well, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I'm into, I've been into nature. I've been into um, birds and plants and I'm growing vegetables and I'm growing a lot of native plants now. Try, and trying to get a lot of flowers. I've been trying to attract bees and butterflies. I mean, we got caterpillars all over the place. It was a giant caterpillar on the peppers uh, the other day. And pepper season is about done as it is. So I'm just letting it be. But it is tearing up the leaves on that pepper plant. It is a huge caterpillar. I mean, it's unbelievable. And a guy that I follow, the Native Habitat Project, he's all about replanting native plants instead of importing plants from other countries or other parts of the country where those plants and flowers wouldn't normally grow. He's all about bringing back native plant species so that native uh, insect species can flourish and appreciate it. And he says, if you're planting these things, you'll get more caterpillars. And I have had lots of caterpillars, but this one that we saw yesterday was insane. Yeah, it looked like a cart, looked like a tremor from the movie Tremors. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was big. But what happened the other day, Dusty? But, so I've been trying to get bees to come around. And Hannah made herself a little toast the other day with a little peanut butter and honey on it. And we went out and we sat on the porch and she had a little honey left on her plate and a bee came up and started messing around with the honey. So she was like, get this plate away from me with this bee on it. So I moved the plate, the bee stayed and then more bees started to come. And so many bees came that I got really excited. I'm like, well, let's see if the bees will be into other stuff. So I took some brown sugar, I mixed it up in water and I poured that out on the plate 
And then, oh, man, so many bees came. Like, at one point, um, I mean, I had a, I had a, also had a hummingbird feeder out there that had been, that had broken and it was leaking a little bit. Bees were all over that thing. They were all over the plate. Bees were getting inside of the hummingbird feeder, drowning themselves um, in this liquid. I mean, bees were everywhere. We had to be like, all right, no kids in the backyard. Nobody can. I mean, I would go out there, but I didn't want the kids going out there getting stung. I mean, bees were everywhere. I mean, they were all over the yard at one point. I mean, we took videos. I mean, there was thousands of bees out there. It was the most insane thing I've ever seen. I think they spread the word to one another and we got every bee in the Hermitage area. I mean, I loved it. I mean, I was all about it. I want them. I put out these little bee houses. You know, and I wanted them to, you know, gather out there and, and, and start making a home in the bee houses. I like bees. These are honeybees. Well, you bought bees, didn't you? Yeah, but they were little bees. They're a different kind of bee. They didn't really propagate, though. I don't no, really feel like we really. had an influx of bees. I don't think so. Yeah. I forget what those bees are called, but... Um, yeah, but it went on for two days, this whole dusty collecting bees. Yeah, I kept putting, I kept, I did molasses, I did sugar, <laughs> I did more honey, and I was <laughs> then, making different potions, and they were just. And I was like, all right, let's get rid of the bees. <laughs> and you're like, well, I, I moved the plate a, a foot, so I'm just waiting for the bees to go. I'm like, how about you just get rid of the plate? Well, I was trying to move it further out into the yard, <laughs> closer to the bee houses I set up. Yeah, you had some kind of cockney sort of idea of about what you were going to be doing with the well, bees and getting rid of them. But then I was like, I don't think you're really trying to get rid of them. Well, I got a whole plan for, for next spring with the with the wildflowers. I mean, it's it's going to be, so I want the bees to really be able to pollinate the wildflower. I feel like the more bees we have, the better our, our vegetables will do because we need pollinators. So we're going to have owl and bat houses and then we're well, going to have bees and we're just going to have it. We're going to have a safari in our backyard. The owl and bat houses will be at the the cabin. Oh, okay. I'm not going to do, I do want to do one of the bat houses here, but. We already have bats here. I know. That's why I'd love to. Well, I've not seen them. You told me. But I saw one bat. I'd love to get some houses going, get some bats out here. Yeah, he was flap, flap, flapping around. Our neighbors, we have some uh, catty corner to us. We have some Chinese neighbors, and uh, they got a real garden going on. Now, it's, a, it's a, 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 a white guy married to a Chinese lady, and I would imagine her parents. I can always see them in the backyard. He's a roofer, and he's done some stuff for me. Uh, here at the house and we've talked uh, I like him a lot and I, I want to they got a giant German Shepherd that's the only that's the only thing really keeping me from going over and try to be friends with them because I'm scared of their dog but um, they have a real garden going on and I'm like I don't know I just feel like Chinese people know about this stuff oh yeah, because, I mean, they're growing up, if they're Chinese parents, they grew up through Tiananmen Square and all the wild stuff going on in China over the past few decades. I mean, they've got to grow their own stuff. They don't know what's coming at them from the government. Yeah, and Asian people in general, I just feel like, like when I was growing up in the trailer park, we had a lot of Asian people. They were Laotian, and they had, this one Laotian family had a big yard. They had a double wide. I mean, they were pretty fancy. I mean, it was pretty redneck looking. But they had, you know, a big garden. They had chickens. The, the Chinese people in our neighborhood have chickens now and a rooster. 
So that's encouraging to me. I was already told that you could have chickens here in the neighborhood, but I worried a little bit about our neighbor uh, who got mad at me about the fence. I worried that if I got chickens, he'd be mad about it. But the, the Chinese family is also neighbors to him. So I'm like, oh, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, I'd like to be friends with them. Uh, and um, but You we'll know say. that they've got some real hacks that yeah. they could share with us. Yes. They'll figure it out. I mean, they got quite a bit growing and it came out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, did. I got quite a bit growing too. Yeah. I feel like we could talk though. No, they've been building gates and trellises and they got vines growing up and yeah, they got a, they got everything going on there. It is funny that the guy who got mad at me about not, not putting the nice side of the fence towards his house now has their vines growing over his other fence. Mm -hmm. It's hilarious to me. We're friends again. There's no reason for me to be happy that that's happening to him, but somehow it does a little bit. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show you that we're not in control. God's in control. And if you try to control your yard by controlling your neighbor's yard, guess what? Somebody's going to come in with a rooster. That's true. That is and true. nothing you can do about it because this is America. <laughs> yeah. And our other neighbor, our other neighbor who's had, um, you know, some issues with, with cleanliness of the yard here and there. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, when he moved in. We were very upset about a truck that he had. He had a diesel truck, and it just went had a had a loud kind of one 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 one, and he would just let it run. I've always been told that a, a diesel engine it's better to let it run than to turn it off, turn it on, turn it off, turn it on. So he he would let it run, but he could just hear it. We'd be upstairs watching TV, and you could just hear this truck revving up like some hot rod out of a horror movie out there, just whoa 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 whoa, and um. And, and, and he wrecked it, he wrecked that truck and then he got a new one. And this new one, I don't believe is diesel powered. It's just a bigger truck. It could be, but if it is, it's much quieter. So he had it and everything was really turning around over there. He, he really fixed up the yard. He, he, his grass is better than the last neighbor. He has great plants out there. A pond. Got a little pond, a little fountain. I mean, it really, really was coming along. And then he wrecked that other truck. And I don't know what the deal was, but rather than, um, you know, have an insurance take care of that, he just had that truck towed home and was like, I'm going to fix it myself. So this big truck is setting up in the front yard with like a tarp slash giant trash bag covering it. It's missing the front tire. The grill is out. The truck is defaced. The truck is a wreck. And it's like, I mean. And it's just there. For a guy that works a job and is just going to fix the truck part time. I mean, that's going to take forever. Yeah, but you know it's just going to sit there. You do know it's, it is just going to sit there. And I don't know what the plan is, but I saw the HOA lady out here taking pictures again the other day. I got to say, it, it it helps, you know, our situation because, you know, I go to the HOA parties, you know. Me and Hannah went last time, took the kids, and it's like, uh, in comparison, we look great. Yeah. So, you know, I don't mind it. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. There was a bit of a balloon situation. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> they had a birthday party and they tied some balloons on the mailbox. 
And then just months after the birthday party, the balloons are deflated and just hanging there. They've already decorated for fall. They have beautiful fall decorations out there. They had the, the, the front steps is so nice. They've lined it up with pumpkins. They have a nice welcome sign. But that deflated balloon remains hanging. One of my neighbors said he cut the balloon off finally, but the string's still there. And it's just like... I just don't get it. How do you redecorate and not get rid of the old decorations? I think we have to finish the job. I yeah. think we have to get that string off. So, but that's fun though. We like them. Yeah. I don't want them to get kicked out because yeah. personally I do like them. Now, if they ever listen to the podcast, I may need them to go ahead and get kicked out because they'll not like us after that. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, if anybody that we talk about listens to the podcast, you know, people at the post office, your family, my family, uh, anybody from shows that you went to where the shows didn't go well, um, you know, the people from Jokers and Snickers Comedy Club. Well, both of those are closed, thankfully. Yeah. But it, chances are, if you're saying not great things about people, they ain't a fan of yours, they ain't going to listen to your podcast. Yeah, I don't think I'm saying, uh, I don't think I'm not saying any great things about people. Um, Hannah's, Hannah's stepped away to check on the kids here. But, you know, I am off this weekend just to continue a little where we've been, where we're going. And then next weekend, I'll be up in Syracuse, New York, um, which is a place I've been going to for years now. I go to the Syracuse Funny Bone every year. Uh, my audience never really seems to grow there, but I keep going. I keep hoping that one day I'm going to tap into that Syracuse um uh, funniness and, and uh, we're going to find a real crew out there and they're going to start coming and but so far I haven't found it but it's going to be great my friend Drew Harrison is going there with me he's going to feature for me it's going to be a lot of fun this month is great I have Syracuse Funny Bone I have Columbus Ohio Funny Bone and then I have Des Moines Iowa Funny Bone so I have three of those oh this Tuesday, I have a gig at Zany's. I'll be at my club here in Nashville, Zany's. I'll be doing uh, Dusty Slay's grand old comedy show, and that'll be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, uh, Hannah's back. Hey, hey. And all, everything is, uh, uh, is going great. I mean, I got a little sick, and I was saying about being sick that when I get sick, it's like the first day I get sick, I think, no, I'll be fine tomorrow. But by the third day, I'm like, will I ever be well again? That's how it goes for me. Uh, but I'm fine. I feel great. Life is good. I'm doing a juice fast. I'm doing a three-day juice fast. I bought it from the Urban Juicer. Uh, they just give you a, a bunch of juice. I mean, it, it's not cheap, but it's not so expensive for three days of eating if you look at it like that like this is what i'll be eating for three days it's not so bad but i mean they just give you a bunch of juice they give you a plan and you just drink that for three days and i'm on day two i did it yesterday i'd kind of like to go on a juice fast yeah i mean we have a juicer but i mean even just buying the produce to juice is expensive so having somebody else do it for a three-day thing but it's great i like juice i like it i'm just trying to clean my body up, help with the detox. And, um, uh, but you got any, uh, New Yorker articles you've been reading? You got anything? Well, I don't have it up here with me, 
But uh, yeah, I've been reading a lot of little articles here and there. What what's something you've read? What, what you got anything you could just talk about here? Well, I have read that, that article I was telling you about uh, gene editing, gene editing, where you know it's kind of the uh, next step from IVF, where you can um, designer babies, and oh, yeah. sort of people are discussing the ethics of it all, where you can manipulate genes so that a baby, for example, could be immune to HIV. But then potentially it could mess up other parts of its DNA. Um, And then, you know, because it's kind of looked down upon right now in the scientific community to edit a gene or to design a baby. But, you know, when IVF first came out in 1978, it was also very frowned upon. And people really watched that child very uh, intensely as they were growing up. Um, but now, you know, everybody's doing IVF. I mean, we personally know lots of people that have done IVF and it's just very common now, but so they, I I believe this article is kind of laying the groundwork to prepare our society for designer babies. You know, you want to, you want to design a baby to not, you know, inherit a genetic disease that is maybe in one's family or, who knows? Maybe you want to design a baby to be really strong. Or yeah, maybe maybe beautiful. you want sports to be more interesting, or you want super soldiers to fight wars for us. Yeah. I can't wait for the future. Maybe you'll for a while we'll create a lot of toxic Avenger babies. You ever see that guy, Toxic Avenger? No. That was a, like a kind of a superhero when I was a kid, but he like got messed up in a chemical spill, and he was like real strong, but he's real messed up looking, mm. and he carried a mop around with him. Well, yeah, I think it's just it's just you're playing God when you're starting to do that, and that's a little unnerving. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's a compelling case for um, even they talk about how even once a child is born and it's discovered that they have some sort of genetic degenerative disease that you know with this technology you could edit them while they're alive and cure them of this disease. And so that's obviously very appealing for anybody with heart disease or any kind of muscle degenerative disease. I it mean, seems like a recipe for disaster, though, doesn't it, it? It does, but you can see why it's tempting to do it. I mean, and especially if you can start editing genes. They talked about um, manipulating a gene from a man that lived to be like 112 and recreating that gene for other people so that people can live longer. And, and people can live stronger, you know, not just live longer, but live without disease and, and, and that kind of thing. You got to think people that are worried about population control don't like that, though. They would rather you edit the genes of a man that lived to be 47 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think w- with all that, um, I don't know, it's like good and bad, but it'll probably just end up being bad. Yeah. It'll be a disaster, probably. Uh-huh. It sounds exciting, but yeah, when you're like, when you, whenever you feel like you're digging around in the genes, it feels sketchy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't realize how natural and random birth is until you start talking about how you can just take one cell before it's even, um, I don't know, consummated, not not the right... Uh, it's inseminated. We should have like, got you the know, article. The sperm goes in the egg. That's what I'm we talking about. We should have got the article, but that's okay. I, I do want to say again about <laughs> okay. uh, just a bit of a change of subject about my store. I don't know how it's going because I I don't see the store at all now. And it's amazing to me when people order things. I don't see it. I don't know what people are ordering. I don't know how the store is doing. Um, 
I want it to go well because I want the people that have taken over my online store to be happy that they did. Um, but um, someone messaged me the other day and said, hey, why is everything always out of stock at your store? And I told him, I messaged them back and said, why don't you check again? Because I don't think it is. So the store should be fully operational and ready to go. And anything you want to order, the prices may be a little more expensive now. And I'm sorry about that. That's because I was running, you know, I'm running Streamline out here uh, because, you know, I care about people. Not that the company that I'm, I'm doing that has it now doesn't care about people, but they have more people to pay. I was just paying myself. So they may be a little more pricey, but they will be more efficient. You won't have to message me in a week and go, Hey, when's my order shipping out? And then me email you back and go, Oh, sorry about that. It'll be next week. Sorry. I've been at the cabin. (laughs) Right. 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 You won't have to worry about that. It'll be very efficient and professional. And, uh, so that's exciting. And, um, um, the, um, and, and, and it's just been, uh, things have been good here. We got, you know, we got two kids. I don't know if you know that we got two kids. So last night we were going to do this podcast and I was, uh, I was putting Daisy to bed and I fell asleep two times and, uh, oh, I, I can't talk too much about it. Probably shouldn't even bring it up, but I do have the special will be, will be coming soon. People have asked me about that. A lot of people have asked me. It's not going to come as soon as I would like it to come, but we have good news that I'm not able to announce, but the special is, it is edited. It is ready to go. It just, um, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's taken a different path than I originally thought it would. Very exciting stuff, um, but it will be coming. And so you got to sign some contracts. Let's just say that. Yeah. Well, people ask me sometimes, where's that special you recorded? Where's that? Where's that at? And it, it, and it is taking longer than I expected it to take, but, but that's Hollywood, man. Hurry up and wait. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, Hurry uh, up and wait. But it is coming and it's going to be good. And I'm very excited about it. I have a lot of new jokes. I mean, I, I basically am doing a new hour out here already. Um, and it's go, I mean, the joke writing is going so well, in fact, that I'm thinking of even trying to put out, uh, like a half hour. You're not just thinking about it. You're going to do it. Yeah. Put out a half hour on my own. You got a lot of creative ideas right now. Yeah. I got a lot going on. A lot of projects you want to kind of fizzle, fizzle into it. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right expression. There's a lot happening. A lot of rain. We really wanted to go to the cabin today, but a lot of rain. I've been collecting cardboard uh, I got some ideas. Yeah, for, you have. I got some ideas for some cardboard, so I gotta go ahead and get it out there before Hannah uh, loses it. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna um, we're we're looking to build a screened-in porch out back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, when we moved into this house, there was a porch out there, and, and and it looked like that there was an original part of the porch, and then someone added to it, and then where they added to it, the it had already started to rot. So I replaced a bunch of those boards and I sturdied it up. But as I was taking out the rotted boards, you could see that the braces underneath were also rotted. So we need a new deck. But mosquitoes are so bad. Our poor little children get eaten alive out there. And even though I sold pesticides for years, I'm against DEET. I'm against it. I'm against against spraying things on our skin like that. 
I'm against it. And so Daisy gets eat up. Sam's got two mosquito bites on his face right now. So we thought if we could spring for the screened-in porch. Been a dream of mine. It would be so great to be able to sit out on the back porch because that's what happened, right? Over the weekend, Daisy wanted to go outside and play. So Hannah uh, took Daisy out there and... Um, and, and Daisy was just playing, and she took Sam out and sat on the front porch, and Sam got bit on his face twice uh, while they were out there playing. Daisy has come in and joined us. Do you want to say hello to the people on the podcast? You want to say something, Daisy? Can you say hi? Okay. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> All right, well, she can just sit here then. Well, Daisy's here, and... Uh, that's exciting. This is a bit of a scattered podcast. Uh, one day we'll get better at planning, planning it out, but we got a lot of family stuff going on. Just say something, Bob. What do you need, honey? What do you need, girl? What, what have you been watching? Okay. She gets shy. Yeah. No need to be shy. We're just talking in here. Yeah, mommy and dad are just talking. All right, don't put your hand in the mic, though. Yeah, don't. Well, it's exciting. You know, <laughs> this is what's going on. This is why it's hard to plan. This is why. But I just, you know, I want to I want to do the podcast because it just it means a lot to me when people come up to me after shows and say they listen to the podcast and they love the podcast. Because I, I love doing it, too. And I got a lot of, like, I got a lot of fun. What's that, Days? Oh, she wants something to eat. All right, I can finish here if you want to just go get her something to eat. Okay. All right. Good night. Um. All right. Thank you, Hannah. Uh -huh. So I got a lot of fun uh, projects. We've ordered some new fruit trees because uh, the fruit trees that I planted, uh, not all of them have died, but we planted about 20, and I think there are about four that are still alive. Uh, they're slowly struggling, slowly dying maybe this rain will help um but i can't wait for some land updates with that sort of stuff um i wanted to get a four-wheeler i got a wish list a mile long but i'm wanting to get a four-wheeler so i can just cruise around the land i love four-wheelers i grew up riding four-wheelers um always kind of a four-wheel drive never a real sporty four uh, four-wheeler and that's what i want to get a honda four tracks is what i'm looking for if anybody's looking to sell a used one i'm in the market uh, I can't trust people on Marketplace to buy a used four-wheeler because, you know, people sell you something raggedy out here, but I wouldn't mind a used one. I'd love, what I'd love is a side-by-side, -side, but those things are as uh, expensive as a car now. So, now Daisy's crying out there, so I don't know what's going on around here. But we got... Um, the special is really coming along great. Um, I got a I got a friend. I don't want to announce. I don't want to talk too much about it. But a friend is writing an intro song for me. That's very exciting. Um, I love how the specials come out. I've been able to watch it all together. And just in case you don't know, I filmed one in Knoxville in May. I mean, it's been mostly edited for a while, but we've been pitching it to some places and trying to get a bit of a bigger platform than just going on YouTube. Um, and I'm, I, you know, I don't want to announce it yet, but it, we are eight. We did, we were able to land something a little better than that. Um, 
And so we're just putting some final touches on it. And it'll probably be the beginning of next year before it comes out. Um, went, which is a little slower than I wanted, but um, uh, it's worth it. Um, so we're very excited about it. Um, this weekend I'm off, but like I say, Tuesday I'll be in uh, Zany's in Nashville. And then oh, the next weekend I'll be at Syracuse, New York at the Funny Bone. Um. Yeah, everything is great. I feel like there was some stuff I wanted to talk about, but this was an impromptu podcast this morning. Um, and um, and it should not be this scattered. It sh- we should have a bit of better uh, of a better plan, but this is how it goes sometimes. I do have some Bible verses, though. Um, uh, this one I found the other day. I'm always talking about commandments and whatnot. I think Sukkot is coming up. You know what? I missed the Day of Atonement. I'm just gonna I'm gonna confess that to you. That was on Monday. I have done that's a a, a a biblical fast day. It's the only day that in the Bible that we're actually called to fast, and I've done that every year since I got on this train. Uh, probably 2013. I've probably done it for 10 years. Um, and I missed this year. I just was sitting around and I go, oh, I bet the day of atonement's coming up. And I looked it up. I looked it up on Wednesday and it turns out it was Monday. So I'm bummed about that. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm always talking about this sort of stuff. Uh, so Sukkot is coming up. I don't know what I'll be able to do for that either. Uh, it's the, you know, more of a camping outside and, uh, I still don't, I still don't quite know how to celebrate and my sister's doing it and they wanted me to come down, but I can't because I have shows during that time. But I just found this verse the other day and it's, and you probably heard it before, but, uh, it's Hosea four, six, and it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. And I just think that's interesting. I mean, I I just think that that he says, uh, since you have forgotten the law of your God. And it's like oftentimes people will talk about the Old Testament laws and they go, well, those are for the Jewish people. Those are Jewish laws. And I'm saying Uh, I'm always saying those are not Jewish laws. Those are God's laws, you know, and the Jewish people most uh, most often keep them, but they are, um, you know, God's laws. So I just found that I thought that was interested. Um, You know, and it's great, though. I mean, you know, I always talk about laws, but, you know, I, 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 you know, there also is. um you know, the good news with the Bible, you know, that, and I don't often always talk about, you know, but it's like, if you're a person out here and you're not a Christian and, you know, you're going through something, your life's hard, or maybe you are a Christian and you're going through something, but it's like, um, the, the gift, um, of salvation is free. There is no, thing that you have to do. There is no uh, 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 trial that you have to do, no fire that you have to pass through, no law that you have to follow in order to be saved. And there is nothing 
uh, if you're just feeling guilt, you know, and you're like, oh, I've done so many bad things. Maybe you were a Christian. Maybe you went to church when you were younger and now you haven't been. And you're like, oh, I've rejected God and God never would take me back. And I've said all these bad things. I've done all these bad things. There's no way that God would take me in. Uh, he absolutely will. It's, uh, it's very easy. There is no need to have guilt. We're all guilty of sin. We're all guilty. Even your most Christian friend, even the highest pastor that you've seen on TV, even the uh, most uh, Christian man or woman you've ever seen, they're all guilty of some sort of sin. They may not be sinning a lot today, but they're all guilty of something. And all sin is equal in the eyes of God. And so... Don't let any of that, don't let any of that guilt, that's what the devil does to you. The devil, the, the devil will say, oh, you're, you're too bad for God to want because Satan doesn't need you to serve him. He just needs you to not serve God. And, you know, I always say that the, the laws can't save you. The laws are for the saved, right? So you can be saved without having to do anything. It, this whole uh, walk is a journey. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's learning all along the way. So you first become a Christian and then you begin to, um, see what, uh, you begin to read your Bible, you begin to pray and God will reveal things to, to you as, as he wants you to know them. I mean, I've basically been a Christian my entire life and didn't get turned on to the law until I was 30 years old. So, you know, even if you're a Christian now and you don't believe the law, you don't believe the things that I talk about, it's okay. Just pray about them. But if you're also a non-Christian and, and, and you're worried, oh, I don't want to get involved in that. I don't want to have to follow all these laws. Don't worry about it. That's not something to worry about now. Just get yourself saved and then begin your journey and God will reveal to you what he wants for you. Um, you know, it's like there is no guarantee. I think a lot of these churches often make it seem that if you come to the front of the church, you give your life to Jesus, that now your life is going to be on easy street. And I don't think that's the case. Uh, there are trials for everyone. Uh, it says it rains on the good and the bad alike. Um, you know, bad things will still happen. But... The, the great thing is, is it's like in my life, no matter how lonely I might have felt at one point, because I have a very successful career now, but it's not always been this way for me. Uh, you know, I'm very popular in a lot of ways. People, um, you know, like talking to me, but it's not always been this way. Uh, but I've always had God to talk to. I've, and I've, I've truly, you know, a lot of people that are very sarcastic and non-Christian will say, oh, well, you've been talking to yourself this whole time. And it's like, it truly doesn't feel that way. I've always been able to pray to God and talk to God. And it's always felt like I'm talking to someone and I've been spared so many things. I've so many bad things have happened, uh, to me that, that should have been so much worse. Like I've been beat up. I've been punched in the head. I've been, I've been stabbed. I've wrecked a car. I flipped a car. I've had other near accidents. Uh, I drove a car in a pond when I was a kid. I mean, I've just, I've been shot in the chest with a BB gun. There's just all these things in my life that 
It just feels like it should have gone so bad and it was all okay. Um, you know, and I just thank God for it and I'm thankful to have God. I've never felt alone. I've been lonely at times, but I've never felt alone. And so if you're out there and you're feeling that kind of stuff, people have reached out to me about how, how they're struggling to quit drinking or how they're, they, they broke up with their girlfriend or their girlfriend broke up with them and they're struggling. It's like, there is no better time to turn to Jesus than now. And I know that if you're an intellectual person, it must seem so silly or seem so weak to humble yourself before God. But it is uh, truly the most freeing thing you can do because suddenly you realize that life on earth really doesn't matter. I mean, we want to do our best. We want to try to help other people and take care of other people. And we want to provide for our kids. I didn't get that until having kids, but you want to leave the world in a better place so that your kids have a place to grow up in. That's good. Um, but it truly doesn't matter. This is a temporary place for us. And when we leave here, we go to heaven, whether heaven be in the sky or heaven be in a new earth. Um, it, it, it is truly um, uh, a beautiful thing to know that your, your, your future is secure and that when you leave this world, uh, you meet God. And that doesn't mean I don't sin. That doesn't mean I'm not guilty of lots of sin. And I ask for forgiveness every day. Um, but I believe that when I die, um, I will see God. And I will see God in a positive way. I'm sure God will reveal to me all my sins. and It will be a scary day. But, um, but uh, he will bring me home. And Jesus says, I am, I, I always misquote this a bit, but I am the, the, the light, the truth, and the way, and no one gets to heaven but through me. And while I respect all religions, I don't think there are any religions that, that say that. Uh, they all recognize Jesus, but only Christianity is the one where, where Jesus is, is in the forefront, and he says, I am the only way. So thank you for letting me have this little moment, this little rant here. That's not a rant. I'm just, I'm just trying to say, I mean, I know there are a lot of people hurting out here. Things are not going well in the country, really. Um, and I know people are struggling and with alcohol, with pills, with uh, various drugs, with relationships, with divorce, with, uh, you know, custody of their kids. And I know people are struggling with all sorts of things. And, you know, accepting Jesus into your heart may not fix uh, you know, your ex-wife or your immediate drinking problem, but it will bring some comfort to you and will help you. Uh, I have no doubt about it. So I appreciate you guys for listening. We're having a good time. Mm -hmm.